supporter of Broadway so I'm sure you miss yeah, it. I gave them so much money. What was the last musical you saw? I don't oh it's been it was so long ago. I feel like it might have been Moulin Rouge the musical. Oh nice. But I feel like I saw a different one. Um I know the last play I saw oh actually the last musical I saw which was off Broadway was Little Shop of Horrors. <gasps> I uh, love that musical. So much fun. That was yeah yeah that was one of the first musicals i helped stage in college and it was so much fun seeing it just like the whole thing i had never i always watch musicals but just seeing it come to life is like a whole different thing yeah it was i mean the production was really good i'm sure jonathan groff uh, <gasps> i love jonathan groff <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very, it was, uh, and then the plant, they really, the robotics in the show, because, you know, they create the big plant. Yeah. Uh, that was really cool. That's really dope. Good. It was really, really good. That's and dope. I would love to see that. So it felt intimate. Unimaginable these days. Well, that was, that was Agua by Jay Balmim, and we wish him well, since we just saw he was recently sick afflicted by COVID-19, so we wish him all the best. Yeah, Jose Valdin. Um Yeah, I saw his post. I felt so bad for him. Yeah, that's uh, okay. I hope he's well. <laughs> Me too. Well, welcome back to La Arepa y el Taco. This is, hold on, season three, probably episode six or seven. The quarantena has been bad on us. <laughs> but we're back um and oh my gosh we have so much to catch up on more mainly the conventions this week but but first before we get into the the heavy stuff why what about food what did we eat or or cooked or what are we craving i'm just craving uh texas food i miss my tacos, my breakfast tacos, my regular tacos, my carne asada tacos, my uh, botanas, which is like uh, basically way better, fancier nachos, micheladas, pastas. That sounds uh, delicious. Ceviche. I just miss everything from South Texas at the moment. I'm, I'm pretty homesick. Aww. <laughs> yeah. How about you? I have to, I I also feel like homesick about my mom's food. Um, I think it's finally hitting me after so many months being away from her. 
So I can't wait to see her soon and like eat some arepas from her. Just whatever yeah. she cooks. I kind of just want to be spoiled. <laughs> well, I feel the same way. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, what I mean also South Texas food. I mean like my mom's food. Like, yeah. I really miss my mom's food. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm like telling them, you know. It looks like it's safer to travel by air, you know, like it's safe. Uh, and they're still like, no, 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 you're not going to travel, and also you're not going to stay here. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And I understand. My parents are in their 70s. I don't want to yeah. risk their health in any way at all. Um, and I've been really, you know, on them to be taking care of themselves because things are still really bad. There's still a pandemic, even when some people like this week's RNC would like you to believe that it's over, people are still dying, and even here in New York where things are better, it's like hard for us, you know, it was really bad in New York in April and in March, um, but compared to how things are still in other parts of the country, like things are really good in New York. Yeah, we're doing much better around here. I'm also glad about that. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually travel for the first time this yeah i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to texas actually <laughs> my mom is there though so it's like i want to go to california and i just feel like that's halfway for both of us um so i anyway like i'm kind of nervous about the whole thing i wouldn't recommend it to to people it's not a safe time to travel yet but um, I have the opportunity to see her and hang out with her for a few weeks and, you know, I'm going to do that and, and be as careful as I can be. The only thing that really, really freaks me out is just being on the airplane with the recycled air for so many hours. <laughs> I heard though that they, the filtration system in airplanes is probably like the best filtration system if you're going to be in the filtration airspace or like space you know yeah like and that's why like you can't really like in new york has been really good at this they haven't allowed restaurants to open up again or bars because you know obviously recycled air inside buildings when there's not a good filtration system in place is going to create problems but that's one thing i like there has been very few reported cases of people getting it while traveling what i'm worried about is mostly like the Going to the airport, being at the airport, like being in the building. So that's yeah. how much the plane is. Okay. Well, well, you just added more anxiety to my thoughts. So. <laughs> well, I don't mean, I, I, yeah, I create my anxiety. <laughs> anxiety. <laughs> Well, anyway, I, I'm just going to try to be as careful as possible. But I'm excited that I spend time with her and eat some food. Um, other than that, I haven't really been eating anything out of the ordinary lately. Just trying to not overeat because sometimes you can do that. You could do emotional. I do emotional eating or bore eating when I'm home. So I'm just trying not to do that. Oh my gosh, one thing I would say though, I have gotten obsessed with mamitas this summer. I never did before. Those are the, the creamy ices that you buy in the delis. Have you ever had them? No. Oh. Mamitas. They have like coconut, tamarind, yeah. passion fruit. Yeah. They're so They're good. They're different in Texas. 
Oh, okay. Mexicans love culture, but yes. Well, that's the thing. I feel like I haven't really we haven't really enjoyed the summer in New York like yeah. we are meant to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, you know, we go. I've gone to the park a couple of times, but even then, like you know, going to the bars, going to the backyards, you know, stuff like that, and we haven't been doing that this summer as much. Yeah, no, I know. I actually, when I move, when I move around the city, I do it with a bike. So um, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's not a normal summer, but you have to make the best out of it for your own sanity. Also, I just want to say, if 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 we are still not meeting in person, this is still happening over Zoom. So you could tell by the um, difference in the voices and the sound of our voices and if we also freeze it's probably because of that too <laughs> yeah we're not rich <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it though hashtag google things are just gonna get shittier for the non-rich yeah trump's america and talking about shitty <laughs> How was the RNC for you? Oh, it was a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Um, I don't know. Let's, you know, we had the DNC last week, and this week we had the RNC. Um, compared, like, I don't know. I felt like last week everybody was in better spirits. At work, whenever I talk to people, people were, you know, still gloomy and miserable per usual, but <laughs> not as miserable as this week. <laughs> this week RNC. was rough. This week was rough. This week was really rough. And it all started, I mean, I knew it was going to be rough as soon as I saw the news out of Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, this is, this. and then the hurricanes that were coming. Yeah. The uh, shooter. Specifically the one in Louisiana. Uh, a couple of days like yesterday yeah um and just the terrible news everywhere yeah bad bad news and then to add to that is like the the rnc being on television every single night it just added this like chaos yeah yeah it was a public display of i thought division and health, hatefulness, I didn't see anything about bringing the country together in the messaging that they put together. So, um, I, I don't know. I just feel like this has been a rough week for everyone. And the RNC had an opportunity to address what was happening. And clearly, this is not important to them. So, um, I have nothing to say to anyone that supports that agenda. I don't even, you know, you try to have conversations with people that you know that are supporting that agenda, and I feel like the brainwashing from Fox News and the conservative media outlet um, is real. It's very strong, and it's very noticeable because, like, you, you just notice the talking points. As soon as new talking points come out, Oh yeah, their talking points are a mess and they never reflect our values and they're extremely deceiving and constantly attacking um, the Democratic Party. I am just so fed up with it. But what is it that they usually say though? Our fault, the country's in shit, 
it's the Democratic governors and the Democratic mayors that are creating the problems. Yeah. Uh, always deflecting the blame, and it's like, and everybody on that side is regurgitating those same words. Oh well, if we, it's not it's not Trump's fault. It's not the gov- Republican governor's fault. It's all the Democratic city. Uh, and all the Democratic governors that are in charge that are creating the problems. And it's like, really? Like, you say exactly what you get told. And yeah. it's funny, because, like, they're also, their whole stint is, uh, you know, rallying it. And you're told by the media, and the media telling you what to say. It's like, look at yourself in the mirror. Um, I'm also, like, wondering in terms of, like, the Latinx presence, both on the RNC and the DNC, like, how do you feel about, you know, overall? How did we, how did both of them present the Latinx, Latinx community? Latino, Latinx, Latin, however you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think there was a stark difference. Um, you know, I know a lot of folks were disappointed that uh, Julian Castro did make an appearance. Um, on the DNC, I did That's see a, that. One of the yeah. first major uh, political candidates to be running for president. That's Latino, um, and AOC only got sixty seconds to speak to introduce Bernie Sanders um, in the roll call, or yes. second the nomination of Bernie Sanders in the roll call. But I thought that there were a lot of Latinos represented overall. Well, Eva and I. Oh. Eva Longori is not a politician, but she hosted the first night of the DNC. And she, uh, people, if you don't know her record, she's like one of the best philanthropists, people that have helped our community. She has so much going on, so many nonprofits that work to help our communities. Yeah. Um, and we heard from, you know, the first uh, and only Latina senator from Nevada. We heard from the first Latina governor um, in New Mexico. Uh, we heard from Hilda Solis, who was Secretary of uh, Labor under Obama. Mm. We heard from, um, you know, even one of the most uh, poignant speeches came from this woman, uh, a Latina woman from Arizona, I forgot her name, who's, she's not a politician, she uh, told her story about her father who died of COVID and um, and made a, a like the, everybody was talking about that in the in the media like the next day like it, I think her speech happened on Monday uh, and it was about how her basically they took her an obituary out with you know blaming the Republicans and Trump for what happened and she made a very poignant speech so overall I thought you know we did hear from a lot of Latinos. Uh, did you see that, that story on the immigration? Uh, the, the Sanchez family talked about their immigra- immigration story. I don't remember. What, what happened? It was um, a two daughters and a mom, and they shared their story. Uh, one of the daughters is disabled, and she's a DACA recipient. The mm-hmm. other uh, sister is, and she's trying to become a lawyer. The other sister... Um, she's a U.S. citizen, and her, uh, the mom shared that she was undocumented, but they shared their story, um, and I thought that was pretty moving. Um, 
you know, some people might say it exploitative, but yeah. everything's exploitable. <laughs> like, that's the point of conventions, to exploit stories. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I thought was really moving, too, I don't know if you saw this, was this uh, short video they did on mostly people of color and black-owned business, uh, small business owners, and how they've been struggling so much during these times. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, the DNC, in contrast to the RNC, the DNC had so many poignant stories of Americans. Even, yeah. like, you saw the road call, I hope. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like, when they did the yeah. I thought that was, like, some of the best television that I've seen, I think. Um, <laughs> and that was representative of, like, the country. You know, you saw people of all backgrounds, um, you know, and representing their states from across the country. Um, and you got to see and hear people that were different. And you heard different languages being spoken. You heard from indigenous communities um, in Guam and the Virgin Islands and, like, New Mexico and the Dakotas and, like, I, I, and Alaska. I, I thought it was, um, I thought the DNC last week was, you know, to, to not be hokey. <laughs> I thought it was in, uh, inspiring and it was hopeful. But then this week, the, D, the RNC, and it was just... <laughs> Wow, what a, what a, what a contrast, what a contrast. <laughs> Just in general, like, they obviously, you know, had less time to plan it out because Trump, you know, didn't want to have that, that kind of convention. He wanted it in person. But Jesus, it was basically like that line of American flags as a monument, as like a federal monument. Yeah. And just, Angry person after angry person after angry person is talking and screaming. Who, who was this lady that spoke on the on the first night? I think the same night that 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 Donald Jr. spoke. That's his girlfriend. That's his girlfriend, right? Oh, okay, I wasn't and sure. Kimberly, yeah, for, I can't say her last name. Yeah, so for, I don't know. And she's Cuban, right? Um, Apparently. Oh no, she's no. Puerto Rican. She's Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican, but she said her mom immigrated to the United States and she was generation. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. And AOC had to be like, you know that Puerto Rico is American, it's an American territory. Like, you didn't immigrate. <laughs> <laughs> you migrated. That's a difference. <laughs> That's oh, sad. she screamed and screamed and screamed and screamed. She was scary. <laughs> Someone compare her to like the evil lady from Power Rangers. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, she was compared to her, the evil witch of the web. Yes. From, <laughs> Ursula. I saw Ursula too. She was. Oh wow! What did you think of uh, Melania's? Uh, she had her big night the, the following night. Oh my God! So first of all, with Melania, yeah, what I wanted to say about her was the choice of of dresses that she had one for her speech and then um when she came out on the night that, that donald trump spoke she had a really green dress which now everybody's using as a green screen to put whatever they want so i just feel like who's advising her on these on these choices because it's terrible you think it was on purpose like i mean it could be I don't know. It could be on purpose, but I, I also believe that it could be a very dumb choice. 
I just feel like I don't know if maybe this is my like uh, suspicious mind, but <laughs> I'm like either sh- like my okay, yeah, maybe it was that's a choice. You know what you said? It was a, a bad choice. Yeah. Or she's trolling Donald Trump because she hates him so much. And there's another video of her uh, making a face to Ivanka Trump, which I thought is I couldn't stop laughing for ten minutes. <laughs> And that was then, hilarious, yeah. <laughs> we'll post it on our on our Instagram so that people can see it. <laughs> uh, and then the third one was um, uh, my, my third theory is that the Trump campaign is trolling the world because they're like, you know, we'll make Melania wear this, and then people will make fun of her and Photoshop her, and then we'll be the victim. Hmm. Oh, that's actually a great point. I could see that happening. Yeah, yeah. I could see that happening. Because they love to put a victim for everything. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I, I've already seen them complain in the past about how Melania gets bullied online. Um, so. And that's your thing, you know, being like the anti-bullying person, yes, even though yes. I haven't done anything about it. Be best. Um, yeah. It makes sense, really. Um, I, yeah, I didn't see her speech, really. I saw snippets, I'm not gonna lie, like, I, yeah. But I did watch Michelle Obama's speech, and I thought <laughs> that was great. I did, too. I loved it. Um, I felt like she was coming off as a, as a stern mom, <laughs> just telling everyone, vote for the right person. It was funny. And then, yeah, to supplement that, uh, her husband, uh, President Obama... Like, I thought that was one of the scariest speeches because I thought he was talking to us as a constitutional professor and scholar pretty much warning us <laughs> about what's happening. Like, he was like, this is not a joke anymore. Like, yeah. if, this is, if this guy gets voted in again for another four years, our, everything's destroyed. And I, I do think that that's how he wanted to come off, you know? I think he wanted to feel like, don't see me as a president because I'm going to be... <laughs> talking to you all like a real person and i need you to listen maybe having that professorial look helps but it was great i thought it was a um a great um approach um to it i think for me though one of the most significant speeches from last week was probably kamala's um and that kind of i think about that a lot because it makes me it makes me realize that um that's the kind of, I guess that's the kind of um, hope and hook I was looking for while watching the DNC. I, I, I feel like none of the people that, that are in these positions of power really represent the people that are my friends, that are my family members, the people on the ground. So I just felt like even though I know there's a lot to her that um, many people don't like, um, that she, I mean, she comes close to her story, something that, that many of us can relate to. Um, her rise to power, her ideas for the country, I feel like really spoke to me. Uh, yeah, I, I think she's a great public speaker. Yeah, she, she really and that's is. That's why I think Joe Biden chose her for vice president. I feel that, I mean, I feel that, I feel like I'm always in the middle like, I have friends on one side that can't stop calling her a cop. Oh, my God. I've seen that, too. Yeah. They call her Top Cop. 
Yeah. And then on the other side, I have other friends and family that, and people on the right that are saying she's the most radical leftist yeah. that ever came to be. That's not true. And it's like, and it's not true at all. Like, I don't, I mean, those things are just so extreme in itself. <laughs> and it's like, uh, like, I understand her history as attorney general. Right. Um, and that's something that we can grapple with, I think. But, you know, like, there's no way to, like, tell, like, how does that not translate to the right that are calling her the most radical thing to ever came come out of the Democratic Party? But, you know, to also, you know, say she's, she is one of the most progressive senators that there are. You know, if you look at her voting record, she is progressive in a lot of ways. Uh, and I, I, I think she's a great public speaker. And I, I think we're, like, what happened, like... It's only been twelve years since Obama was uh, was uh, came to to be the presidential candidate. Like mm-hmm. it, before that, it was impossible to think of anybody that was not white and not a white man mm-hmm. to be a presidential or vice president. I honestly, I don't know what's gonna come out of this, but I just hope I don't go insane throughout this election season. Because <laughs> I almost did in 2016. Um, but I wanted to say, any final thoughts on these conventions? Well, uh, I'm just happy they're over. I think we can finally move on. And uh, I thought it was, was really telling that if you look at the ratings, which is what Donald Trump cares about, <gasps> yes. the DNC definitely had a lot better ratings than yes. the RNC did this week. They pulled in most viewers. I saw um, the DNC pulled in 18.5 million viewers on their first night, and the RNC did like 15 million. <laughs> yeah, and even last night with the presidential, with with Joe Biden got like 26 million viewers or something like that, as opposed to Donald Trump. 23, 22 million viewers. Uh. So, um, you know, even Trump got less viewers than Ben Biden. <laughs> I'm sure he's upset. I'm sure they lied to him. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we reached the end of our episode this time. Bye. Well, well, you. I mean, the song I chose specifically because I think we need inspiration. I think we need to reclaim our hope and reclaim our ability to be inspiring and our ability to believe that we can win. Aww. So, what's the official name and and, and artist? Just so we can close it out. Well, it's, the song is literally called I Believe That We Can Win. And it's by Mr. 305. Alright, bye everybody. See you next time.